1: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to our third, is it our third? It's our third. Our third episode of Sex Therapist Shoot the Shit, brought to you by the University of Pleasure. I am Dr. Tara Jansen, Licensed Psychologist and Certified Sex Therapist. And I am here with... Laura Rademacher, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist and Certified Sex Therapist. And we have a guest today who I'm gonna let Laura introduce. And I'm so excited. Our very first guest. I know, I'm so excited. Yes. All right, Laura, I'm gonna, I think since you brought this guest on, I'll let you
2: introduce the guest. I'm so excited. Today in the studio with us, we have my fabulous friend, Calvin Hauer. Woo! Calvin and I go way back.
0: Back in the day
2: that's right that's right so we were sex educators at the same sex toy store not completely at the same time
0: but we did have a shift where we worked together we had which one, was like really fun
2: one glorious shift together way <laughs> yes. back when like yes. one yes. like
1: one once a week or like one ever one ever, ever. oh wow yeah okay. I was kind of like that's a real quick strong bond <laughs> I know I well,
0: was it was like I was a fresh like Fresh face of the kitten. Got it. And I was working a Sunday, and Sundays were notorious for we'd lose stuff. Huh. Weird. Uh, <laughs> people would be sick.
2: Oh, I thought you meant church. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so
1: they were going to church and stuff. De- Should we see what the day. kitten is? Just because
2: people might not know. Sure. This mitten kitten is our Minneapolis local fabulous sex toy shop. Great.
0: Feminist run. And yeah, we had one shift together because they, I remember the manager was like, we need someone. And Laura was that person. I was
2: like the sub that day.
0: And I remember Laura just being like, I don't know how any of this stuff works, but I will work with the customers. <laughs> yeah, you and, all
2: had gotten like a new POS system. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't that. know that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, don't worry, I got it.
2: <laughs> and you did. Totally. And since then, I've, I've known you through a huge, not a huge change in career. It's it's such a similar just, thing, but just huge growth. Yeah, change.
0: Yeah. You like helped helped me through my journey into becoming a therapist. So, uh, Calvin Howard, uh, licensed licensed marriage and family therapist, uh, not a CST, but more of an underground sex therapist. That sounds way more like freaky than it is. <laughs> I just don't, right. I'm not certified, but I do do work around sexuality. So I'm a big old sex nerd. And uh, when I'm not doing the therapy thing, I'm teaching or riding a motorcycle or at the gym. Those are the things I do.
2: That's awesome. Well, and you bring up a good point that I don't know if our listeners are really going to know the ins and outs of. You can be a sex therapist, and um, that doesn't necessarily mean you're a certified sex therapist, mm-hmm you have a ton of experience in the field, like we just talked about, you were doing sex education before you were even doing therapy, right? Yeah. So some of it is is just about what we choose to pursue and what makes sense based on the work we want to do and who mm-hmm. we want to see and all of that kind of
0: stuff. I always like to talk about working as a sex educator at Smitten Kitten. Uh, so something I guess people should know is Smitten Kitten is education focused. So our work was very much like, hey, come buy a dildo, but, like, we'll tell you about that dildo and, like, different things to consider in buying said dildo. Right.
1: Like, we'll, Um, like, really tell you about buying a dildo.
0: We're going to midwife you through the experience (laughs) of buying a dildo and lube because you need lube, too. Uh, And so, like, I always saw working at Smitten Kitten as, like, the front lines of sex therapy because people – I think, are a little bit more apt to go buy a vibrator to save their marriage than talk to a therapist right away, which like...
1: So true. We talked about this. We were like, especially if you do have like sex therapist after your name in some way, people will do many things to avoid you. And they'll go do lots (laughs) of other
0: things. Or if you're at a party, they will do many things to follow you and ask you every question imaginable. Yeah,
2: that's true. I usually just say therapist at parties. Oh, I
0: just lean into it. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I Good lean into it. Yeah. I
2: lean
1: into it because it's like, why not? Um,
0: I, I went to one party in California, just like a dinner party, and I don't drink, but everyone else was. And I learned a lot about somebody's <laughs> esthetician.
1: <laughs> I think what happens to me at those kind of social events is that, like, somebody invariably at the beginning is like, what do you do? And then they're like, or somebody, somebody like, kind of like, sells me out to right and then like what happens is is that like they they're like oh i'm gonna avoid you and then invariably come back around most people don't immediately in my experience go go in for sort of the kill on the question i don't know if you've had if either one
2: of them the I I I get it immediately I don't know why I feel like I feel like when I say sex therapist people are like oh really let me tell you well did I ever tell you about the time I was working customer service at a co-op a grocery store and I got sex questions no like this just it happens I don't even know how this happened I had a person come up to me um and say excuse me do you know if their deli has changed? The cookie recipe and I was like well you know we list the ingredients of it you know it's a co-op people with food allergies come in all the time so we listed the ingredients of everything and I was like did the ingredients change or the little card change the person's like no but they must have changed the ingredients because I got my two cookies on the way home like I always do every day and then as I was eating my two cookies on the way home I noticed that my face got flushed and I started to sweat and I had a vaginal reaction. And I don't know what they did, but they changed these ingredients. And in my head, I'm going, okay, so you had a hot flash. And (laughs) I am probably not the person to tell you that this might be the first hot flash you've had and Mm -hmm. that changes are coming. Um, And so instead, we just walked over to the deli and asked them about their ingredients. (laughs) Because I was not working a sex educator job at the time, but I was in my capacity. I think I was like in school, therapy school at the time. So, yeah. 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 I don't know. People it's a real just maybe, It's a
1: real like breach maybe to be like, "Let me tell you about your hot flashes."
2: Well, she told me about her vaginal reaction, so part of me I mean, was like, "Maybe we're okay," but also I also was like, "I'm going to be the one that has to explain this if there's explaining that's, to be
0: done." Well, it's such a big like, "Well, let me just tell you about the changes." Right. Right? Like, "Let me just unload some news." I right? <laughs> that like, <laughs> I'm sorry (laughs) that public school failed you. Didn't tell you a thing about this. (laughs) And
2: also there's a potential there for someone to get upset about like age-related issues. You know, like what, I mean, there was just.
0: People get goofy. You know, I think that no matter what, people get goofy. And especially when we get into the subject matter, right? Like when we're talking about sexuality in any facet. get kind of weird
1: yeah well i never really like i feel like it's a it's a interestingly as we shoot the shit here right this is an interesting (laughs) topic to me generally speaking around like sometimes as maybe not just even um a sex therapist but also as a psychologist like when to hold my tongue around a thing has been a real challenge for me because a lot of people like You know, I never want to be that person in a setting like, well, actually, right? Nobody likes that person at all. No. No. Um, And I have a hard time sometimes not being that person. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, like, knowing, like, when, because I feel like I've had a couple different experiences where, like, sometimes I'm, like, I'm just going to hold my tongue. And then it gets to a point of, like, egregious misinformation that I'm, like, how can I do this and not sound Just like that, well, actually, kind of person. But at the same time, I also have people ask me my opinion, and then I tell them based on some, like based on sort of my knowledge and understanding, and then they'll be like, "No, that's not right."
2: (laughs) <laughs> I, feel like it's a, I feel like it's a trap Sometimes <laughs> I don't know if you two run into this experience oh it's a little bit like I'm sorry what's coming in my head is the whole we don't talk about Bruno thing have oh. you seen Encanto yeah, right like I have. nobody wants to hear what Bruno has to say because Bruno knows the things that nobody really wants to know and people really want to know what you have to say as a sex therapist until you have to tell them something that they don't really want to hear and then they're like well no I don't yeah. you know <laughs> I don't
0: think that's it this reminds me of when I was a few years ago. I was teaching some basic sex ed stuff at a uh, intensive uh, outpatient program for chemical uh, like sobriety stuff, and I peop, like the the crowd would be about like a hundred people. Like it's the most like adversarial crowd that I think a sex educator can really like walk up in front of. It's like eight in the morning. They have to be there. They're varying levels of crabby in general, and there's like, well, this schmuck's gonna talk about fucking for a while, okay. <laughs> and I mean, aside, all the queers loved me, and when I would have those adversarial guys be like, "What the fuck, bro?" You'd always hear someone let Kelvin talk from <laughs> <in> the background, <laughs> which like I still appreciate that. Like, let him finish his. Point. And I'm like, yes. Um, but I remember, so I'd get, dudes like to get, like, try to dominate, especially dudes like me. Like, they like to get kind of, like, puff out their chests and get a little violent, especially in, like, those types of spaces. And when we're talking about something that's kind of scary, like sex. And I remember somebody just interrupting my, my class. And they're like, how do I get my girlfriend to come? And much, you know, like, all right, let's, like, unload some truth here. And I was like, well, you got to give her hot oral. You got to talk to her. <laughs> like, talk to your girlfriend for a little bit about what what helps her.
2: Yep, yep.
0: That wasn't what he wanted to hear. He wanted the tips, right? Oh,
2: that's too bad, because that was the best. Those were the best
0: tips. Totally. Right. Just the tips. <laughs> <laughs> but no, right? Like, but Like, if it, isn't that so much of our job, right? Like... It's cultivating, hey, talk about it. Talk right. about the thing. Like, yes, there's so much like, you know, here's how, here's the mechanics of it, right? Here's how this works in a body, blah, blah, blah. This research mm-hmm. says this. And then you can cite research all day and then also be like, but also how does that work for you?
2: Yeah, you got to talk about it.
1: Well, you got to talk about it, but I also think the part that's sometimes disappointing is, I think it's like around anything, right? Is that like there's work, right? <laughs> like you have to do yeah. work and I'm not, and I, and I get that because lives are busy. And I think with sex in particular, we just send this cultural message over and over. Like, it should be easy. Sex should be easy. It should be simple and it should work and it should go the way that you see it in movies and film and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And if it's not easy, then something's wrong with someone and they need to fix that problem or I need to fix that problem real quickly and then it mm-hmm. should just be easy. And I think that that's like a, a real problematic narrative that's like kind of we've all sort of internalized to varying degrees. And so then when somebody hears something like, for instance, what is it? How do I make my girlfriend come or whatever? It's like, yeah. well, so there's going to be some work and uh-huh. series. I mean, it's the most disappointing thing ever as a sex therapist, when someone comes in and it's like, well, how, how long do you think this will take? And it's like, well, um, you know, sometimes a few sessions, but more often than not, like, well, it's been about 20 years since you, this has been
2: gathering. Right. <laughs> so maybe, <laughs> maybe
0: a bit. You've yeah. cultivated this yeah. in your life. And we will work on it. Yep.
2: Yep. You know, it it is kind of amazing. And I understand it's an anxious thing mm-hmm. to come in to a therapist. And, and so people are bringing all their anxieties to. And it feels like anxiety is heightened around sex, too. Like, Calvin, were you talking about, like, walking into this room and the kind of, like, adversarial feel mm-hmm. when really, like, you're there to help with whatever right like totally. you're there to help with sobriety goals mm-hmm. with sex and sobriety goals like you're the teammate totally and sometimes people still come in with this like i think of it as anxiety that probably mm-hmm. translates but you also kind of were talking about like there was a little bit of like maybe responding to your masculinity too.
0: one million percent what
2: is it like to be in a field that's so dominated by probably cis women I'd say yeah, yeah. or femme identified. Oh, people. there you go. Femme identified people would probably be a better way to say that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And AF queers, I think mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Too. It, it's interesting. Um, it's interesting because there's this like weird breakdown, right? Of like, I think when we look at the history of like sex therapy, there's so many white dudes, mm-hmm. and we get more to like modern like interventions. There's still a lot of white dudes who will take a lot of credit. Mm but like the people doing the work are not necessarily those white dudes. Um, And so it is this interesting like thing of like, I try to, I'm kind of going on a tangent, but I try to like kind of do the balance of not take up too much space from other, you know, or take like any opportunities from other people, but also be like, but I'm a cis dude. I know about fucking, I could talk about that. And some of you all are cis dudes. You might want to talk about fucking. Let's that's talk cool. about it. And I think it's interesting because, as, so I was watching the the Principles of Pleasure yesterday. and
1: Oh, that's on Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. Oh,
2: man.
0: Isn't and that the it, name
1: of your book? It
0: sure is. One million percent is.
1: Oh.
2: And are we going to talk about this now? (laughs) Do we want to just get a real quick temperature gauge before? (laughs) You know, uh, I haven't watched it myself. I don't own the phrase, phrase, I guess. It seems like it's probably doing really good work. They hired um, some good people from what I can see on the outside. Some really
0: great sex educators. So that
2: is wonderful. Uh, and yeah, it's a little bit hard to be like, oh, titled the exact same thing dealing with so many of the same topics, but you know what in reality, if it pushes the conversation forward, that's what we need to have happen, right? And like you're gonna have some overlapping se- talk. To- you're gonna have some overlapping topics when you talk about sex.
0: So. But also you get to be salty about it.
2: Do I get to be a little yes. salty about it? You're, while you're, also that supporting? that was a very wonderfully diplomatic answer and mm-hmm. I appreciate it. This yeah. is
1: why you're one of the best therapists I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, or you could, This is, there is a little it, bit like, well, if I wrote a book called that, like Netflix could have called me too. I don't know, but Ocean. you know, like, like but that's absolutely. all right. And just, they didn't call my co-author Lindsay since, either. Since a record, so whatever. Do you
1: want to promo your book that is was written before this? If you're interested,
2: <laughs> The Principles of Pleasure, Working with the Good Stuff as Sex Therapists and Educators is available in just about everywhere you can get books you know, even some small bookstores might have it. Um, and it's out there, it, mainly written for people working with this professionally, but also a lot of stuff that would be interesting to people who just want to read about sex and how sex works and all of that.
0: It really translates well to, I think, the our professions, but then also generally as well.
2: So tell us about the Netflix show. What'd you think?
0: So I'm finishing episode one. Uh, there are some amazing educators on the show. Some people,
2: Dirty I, Lola's in there. Dirty and, Lola, um, I love her.
0: Is amazing. And Excellent. So great. And yes, I when I saw Dirty Lola on like the preview, I was like, okay, this is legit. Like <laughs> that was my indicator because Dirty Lola rules. But one of the things I was thinking about because I was really like had a bad taste in watching. Some of the like the ads for it, it's like all focused on orgasm gap, and mm-hmm. I think that that's a conversation we still need to have. But also, I'm noticing that like feminist sex education really does focus mainly on like vulva having folks. I'm seeing this with like OMGs yes as well, right? It's like we have three seasons about vulvas, which great. Um, season three was about toys and that some of the information wasn't great but um, some of the other information is awesome and I think it's so necessary and I'm yearning for more I'm wanting more from sex education because I'm sitting down with so many penis having folks who are internalizing so much toxic masculinity so much patriarchy so many like sex negative views around sex and hearing all these messages around how they're gonna have a quick orgasm and they just won't last and that's leading to all this anxiety. So now they're not getting erections and there's all like all of these things and our conversation is just like take a Viagra or at this point take blue chew because you don't even need to go to a doctor now, you just get it online and it's a chewable. Blue Chew? Blue Chew.
2: I actually did not know
1: I've that. I've started
2: hearing people
1: talk about it. Yeah, do you want wow. to say more about I've it, I've tried God?
0: Blue Chew and it just kind of gives you a headache <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a weird <laughs> and a Is uh,
1: it typically focused on erectile dysfunction, Blue Chew? Yeah. Right? Okay.
0: So yeah. It's, it's just Viagra or Cialis, but it's a chewable. And you do an intake, uh, I did hand quotes, you can't see that, listeners. Um, <laughs> you do an intake with a doctor, and they just, you fill out some forms. And then if you're like, hey, I sniffed poppers once, they're like, don't use these with poppers. And uh, which side note, if you're using poppers ever, don't take Viagra with them. You'll have a heart attack, uh, thing to know. Good,
2: important
0: Good tip. Note, yes, but of a, note, but a, a use thing, things right? as
1: prescribed.
0: Yes. But like these are like conversations that have to happen online through, uh, you know, quote unquote doctor who's really just like, I don't know, a program. Uh, And that's how I think, and I'm gonna use male, but I think that that's very limiting, but like male sexuality is kind of like in this weird little corner of like, take a boner pill or whatever.
2: It, there's a lot, in some ways there is a lot less attention. In some ways there's a lot more attention Mm -hmm. and in the ways that, probably would be helpful. It seems like there's a lot less attention. There's and, a lot of product. Yes, yeah. So just to backpedal real, real yeah, quick, yeah. the orgasm gap is mm-hmm. basically the gap between people who have penises are having a lot more orgasms in general than people with vulvas, correct? Mm-hmm. And Oh My God Yes, which you just referenced is a website that is-
0: It's through the Kinsey Institute and it's pretty great. I didn't know it was through Kinsey Institute. Yeah. I've
2: told a lot of my clients about it because it is pretty great. But yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of like vulva having information mm-hmm. on there. Um, so okay, did that catch us up to that did, thank you, and
1: I appreciate it. Cause if you wouldn't have had been like, and then let's go back and explain what these yes, uh, places are. But um, one of the things is you were talking about like the conversations about like I guess like male male sexuality and sort of like it both takes up space like more space and yet doesn't I think like to me and again just opinions because we're shooting the shit here so why not um it seems like a lot more of the conversations are very like um sort of like dichotomous and it's like are you having it or are you not right Mm -hmm. and that's there's a ton of dialogue about that like are you having it and like If you are, let's like celebrate that in very specific ways. Are you not? And if you're not, then like what's wrong with you that you're not? Mm -hmm. In sometimes deeply problematic ways. But there's like this whole breadth, I guess, to your point, Mm -hmm. Calvin, of like dialogues around male sexuality that are so much more nuanced that aren't being had.
0: I think of it like, I think of it like tender, tender masculinity, right? Like moving away from aggressiveness and more towards like empathy and like enjoying the humanity of other people um, so like my criticism really are kind of entrenched in that like toxic masculinity mold that i think a lot of our culture is in uh, but like when the work that i'm doing with a lot of uh cis men specifically is around like how do we make sex tender how do we make sex enjoyable enjoyable beyond penetration how do we invite the whole body into a situation instead of limiting your body to you know two holes a dick and you know maybe some fingers
2: (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) maybe maybe i'm so glad you're doing that you're making me think of of several people over the years where I feel like the word performance has come up so often, like as they're describing their sex lives, they're saying performance, performance, and what is expected of me, right? And it's like this clear feeling of, and sometimes they're clearly being told by partners of like, yes, an erection is expected of you, an orgasm is expected of you, you being able to fuck me a certain way with your erection is expected and it's and it, and so often when I say well what about pleasure I mean for you you know like for you penis having person like what about and and they look at me like blankly and I'm just like ah oh, this sucks this is awful because everybody should get the chance to focus on what feels good to them whether that's orgasms or not whether that you know whatever that is
0: and so back to. The Netflix show—they kind of talk about that, which I was really excited about. This idea of—they kind of play into like orgasms are super duper important. I'm like, oh no, we're doing the thing, (laughs) Uh, and then they're like, but also, all of it can be good. Mm
2: -hmm. And
0: great. I, you know, as we're shooting the shit here, like, isn't that kind of a whole vibe for our work? Is like normalizing that all of it can feel good yeah i mean
1: i'm like when you were talking about performance i think about like just how that actually plays out across the gender continuum Mm -hmm. right like that's like this is like (laughs) i always want to be like a statement uh gender and sex are different things gender and sexuality are different things but they do intersect right like in certain ways and i think one of the intersection points of gender and sexuality is about like Prescribe performances around sex and sexuality based on gender expectations, right? And then we respond to those expectations and feel we need to perform or not perform in some particular way. And as you were talking about that, I was thinking about how that really is such an expansive idea. And like, I love like, there's just so much like, to the point of like this Netflix show, like so much more media and education than there's like ever been before, like coming out at such a rapid, Great.
2: And we need it because look at what else is increasing so much in our world, which is the legislation
0: against
2: uh, trans youth and against apparently the word gay, which means just a lot of people, you know? Um, So yeah, we need media to be stepping up in this way because Netflix is probably accessible to lots of people in lots of different areas that really really need a good show like that. So okay, I feel less salty about it now. <laughs> I feel better. Thanks for talking me out of it. Well, okay.
0: I want to I want to yes and you there and yes. say like or maybe just build on that vibe of like
1: do you have an improv background?
0: <laughs> I would Okay. the, se- oh, the, the yeah. These are the things you need to know. <laughs> well, no. It, so this is the secret, though. Like every sex therapist has a theater background, right? Like I
1: feel like many. <laughs> I feel like if you
2: did like a a, a graph of some some type, the correlation would be. Are we okay letting this secret out? Is this like magicians getting kicked out of the magician club for like telling everybody the tricks? I
0: am gonna like, I'm gonna usher this into the world because I have had that conversation with so many people who are like, well, I can't go to grad school. I have a theater degree. And I'm like, listen, everyone I know and respect <laughs> in the field has some <laughs> theater background. What uh-huh. is the intersection? Uh-huh. Why? <laughs> oh. I think it's I think it's like familiarity with the body.
2: Maybe yeah, I think so, and maybe. Um, LGBTQ culture, yes. right? Yeah. That might be part of it.
0: So I went to theater high school. I didn't go to college for A theater, need to but... be
1: shocking to your parents. Maybe yes. that's also
0: another, <laughs> <laughs> not to dive too deep into it. Well, and stigma, right? Yeah. Like yeah. so much of working with sexuality is working with stigma. And if you have a background in performance, you are maybe a little more comfortable taking on stigma as a role, right? Mm-hmm. It's true. I like this yeah i mean we've I already this. disclosed
1: we've already disclosed our our theater oh yeah <laughs> yeah
0: that's well I've known thought at this about point. this quite a bit though so do you like, yeah. have one
1: then yeah you do? I, I went okay. to
0: theater high school i okay, thought so.
1: you're gonna say and i am the one exception <laughs> i am the one bright no, shining no. exception <laughs> i i went to engineering <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no uh i went to i went to a performing arts high school and I went for film and then realized that I hate that, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but I did love learning how to perform. I'm an anxious person and talking in front of people was really scary and through doing that work, I became much more confident in doing so. Okay, so going back though, rewind, thinking about Media literacy. So I'm as I'm prepping. I, I teach uh, a class at a local university, and I teach about sexuality. And you always have to have the conversation around. You can't learn how to fuck by watching porn, right? And as we're talking about accessibility, right? That's one of the things that is so accessible to so many people is porn. And so the idea that Netflix actually like greenlit this, and they're like, hey, let's put this on. Our platform like that's really cool now it's gonna have there's gonna be a lot of people having some interesting conversations with their teens as they walk in like what are you watching it's like just a bunch of vulvas on the (laughs) TV screen but That's better sex ed than I think what a lot of people are getting both officially and unofficially. Well, that's, oh
1: my God, this is like a test. Speaking of which like media literacy, like that idea of like having them to have a conversation because your teen watched it, like what is that movie that's coming out from Pixar, Red Red Yeah, Turning Red. Turning Red, and it's like, it talks about periods, right? Mm -hmm. And like, there's a bunch of people that are really mad and they're like, oh,
2: periods aren't for young people. And it's like, Like I got my period at like age 11. Guess what? <laughs> well, like
0: young people have periods, right? right.
2: Yeah. Like, well, and the
1: argument is also that, like, but what if my kids ask questions, right? It's sort of like, and then there's a really good opportunity to like, because there are different ways, like age-appropriate ways, to start talking about those things. Oh, yeah. And you know, I I think that it it aligns with a lot of that kind of like that idea that you're talking about around like certain things like if we put those into the stratosphere does does mean that like people themselves are going to have to like also start having dialogues and conversations which of course is a bunch of super biased sex therapists we're like yes
2: please please let me let me shoot the shit as a parent here for a second right like a parent saying, "But what if I have to have a conversation?" makes me kind of a good sign. Impression, I just oh. <laughs> <laughs> it it really frustrates me. And and some on some level, I get it. I get that we can all have moments where we're like, "Oh, I don't know how to have this conversation. No one had this conversation with me. I don't know what to say." But like as a parent, your job is to have conversations. Your job is to have uncomfortable conversations. And I just keep thinking as we're seeing all these awful laws come up and around some of the laws that are starting to be uh, shopped around for what teachers can teach too, right? As far as like, sorry, critical race theory, right? You know, like, it's like, yeah, guess what? Your discomfort is the problem. And I say that with love as someone who is here to help people work through their discomfort, right? Like it's okay to have discomfort, you don't get to let your discomfort say, so my child can never encounter an idea. So I don't want to have a conversation about periods with my kids. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to ever have to talk about sex with my young person, right? Like that's just not, it's not all right. And (laughs) like with love, you got to address that discomfort. Well and also the idea that keeping people
1: from information makes them less curious about it. Oh
2: research is sorta
1: of, <laughs> Research is sorta of really defined. like all curiosity like all like keeping somebody from information tends to do just psychologically, right? Is often then be like, ooh, right? Like if you walk in the door and somebody has a package that they quick put behind their back and say, don't worry about it. Now all of a sudden <laughs> your focus is gonna be like, well, what's in the package behind your back? Show me the package, what's in it. Right. And so when we create a culture of curiosity about something, more likely what that's gonna lead to, right, is like, disorganized behavior in the seeking and understanding of whatever the question becomes. And so I think that that's like a, just like as a psychologist, right? Like that's sort of an aspect of human psychology that's often like maybe a overlooked or misunderstood because I mean, and you two can correct me. I feel like the research I've seen on like more cohesive sex education programs, when people are taught not just about like risk and like the scary stuff about sex, but also about pleasure and what feels good and like why they might like to have it, there's actually, I think, correct me if I'm off this, like lower STI rates, lower teen pregnancy Absolutely. rates, um, yeah. higher sexual satisfaction, lower risk of sexual assault, yes. right? Higher, yes, incidence, this up. Okay,
2: higher incidence of uh, first sexual experiences that feel wanted and in their control. Mm-hmm. And um, parents across the spectrum of like, across the political and religious spectrums in general, say they want their kids to be getting comprehensive sex education. The struggle is there is a uh, a very, very vocal minority mm-hmm. that are really upset and pushing things through but like most people even when they disagree about a lot of things agree nope i want my kid to get comprehensive sex education
0: right absolutely yeah it's it's such an important thing so
2: origin story (laughs) like
0: because this kind of ties into my origin story so like the reason i'm on this earth is my mom got the worst sex education Um, So I am the child of teen parents and um, my mom was very vocal about sex education with me growing up, being really cool about it. My dad, not so much, but he's kind of a schmuck. Uh, But my mom was like super open about talking about this stuff and there's kind of this transgenerational like thing going on because her parents didn't talk to her about sex because they were teen parents as well and their thought was, if we don't talk about it, our kid won't go have sex. Well, their Guess kid what? wasn't <laughs> equipped with the correct information, right? And because of that, she got pregnant. Here I am, which like, cool, I'm here. But you know, it's mm-hmm. through like there. That story is common, right? Like yeah. that happens a lot. Yeah. And I think it's so important that we equip people with the correct information so that they know, hey, you know, blue balls won't kill somebody who has testicles. Like they won't die. There's no
2: explosion no that occurs explosion there. there. No yeah. One. And it'll fade. Yeah.
0: It'll
2: fade actually within relatively short order. <laughs> or
0: they can just like, yeah, yeah they can take masturbate. care of that.
1: Yeah, or masturbate.
0: <laughs> so like thinking about this, right? Like it's, this is something that has been such a, such a big deal. And I think American culture for Ever right but now we have Google and Google has many answers and that's kind of my segue into that it's like yeah the idea of the curiosity right like young people are gonna be curious about sex no matter what they may not ask you if you are not cultivating that relationship with them Um, they may ask strangers on the internet or Google itself
2: yep Yep, but the information is out there and they will find it or not so helpful versions of it. Yes,
1: right? right. So right restricting access right. sometimes that's that disorganized response because you know like how mm-hmm. you know you can't expect mm-hmm. youth uh, or frankly, sometimes like sometimes you it's hard to critique what you don't. Right to be like, oh, let me quick engage in my like critical
2: analysis about what I'm reading. Like, does this come from a good source or eleven? Yep. You know, right, like, right, you, exactly, like, exactly. Or you don't understand the gaps in what you're finding, so maybe you find some good information and some not good information. Right. And before we go too much farther down this, I mm-hmm. just gotta back up and say, Calvin, your mom's awesome.
0: Yeah, she's rad. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, good for her. That's totally. that is like amazing that she did that for you yeah. after she didn't get that, you know, just no no disrespect to your grandparents, who I'm sure were doing the best they Absolutely. could think of in the moment too, you know, but like how cool for your mom.
0: Totally. Yeah. Like and kind of how I got onto this is like in high school we didn't have sex ed. Performing arts high school. Um,
2: God, that's where that's, you need it the most. I know. It's also surprising. I feel that like a lot is, of the performance ha-
0: at they, like high schools I know do pretty. They have one. They have somebody now. Yeah. Did
2: you did you go to the performance art high that had the dorms too? No. Were I did you not. okay? Because I was that, like
0: that, that. No. All right. We don't need to <laughs> they talk would about need that. It. But um, that's um, wow. like
2: f- that's like full on fame. Yeah. Like, yeah, like yeah. It was.
0: But <laughs> yes. no, like so to supplement the lack of sex education because this is george bush era um junior uh that i was buying books uh, about sexuality and i just wasn't hiding that from my mom and she was like hey i'll buy some of those for you too and i could just leave them out and, like, that's so heartwarming that's
2: really great
0: and now i don't I have... what I get
2: to hear
1: those stories <laughs> that's great
0: and now i have a huge library of but uh books on sex because like this I've been collecting since I was 16 yeah so
1: amazing. I, as an aside like this is and we'll take a break in a moment but uh as an aside as sex service do you, I like have no awareness anymore about just like how much sex paraphernalia and books are behind me at oh all times in like every Zoom Always. meeting cuz sometimes it's like very like oh I people expect me to have that but then sometimes it's just like another random meeting that I'm in for like I don't know like with my uh, doctor or something and all it's just <laughs> just textbooks and things. And, you know, and I just, like, it doesn't register anymore. Like, I had someone come to my house and, like, to, like, check on something. It was, like, an electrician. And there were just stacks of books. And the top ones being, like, anal. And, like, yep, yep, not, like yep. fucking from any position. Like, yep. it was just these, like. And, then like, he was looking at them. And I was, like, and I was so confused until he left why he seemed so... <laughs> But it was just like, you know, because like in COVID, a lot of us brought our books home and yes. home offices. Yes. And I was like, why was he so, and un- what was he-, he? seemed really distracted. What and was, was- like, <laughs> piles of them. Yep. So.
0: And I think we all have that moment with the wondrous vulva puppet that it's just like in the background somewhere. And uh, someone's like, is that? Uh, is that a vagina? And I'm like, well, it's a vulva. But <laughs> yes. I,
1: I think here's where we will take our break, and we will be right back.
2: All right, so I have a topic to shoot the shit about. Amazing. Did you know, had you two heard, that the FDA just approved a condom specifically for anal sex? They finally gave approval specifically for anal sex.
1: I briefly read like that, like very briefing, and then got like just just the title. Mm-hmm. I didn't look deeper mm-hmm. into it. I was like, oh that's cool. And then I was like, what other horrors are happening in the world? <laughs> and that's I got distracted.
0: I mean, am not gonna lie, I had a very similar <laughs> similar <laughs> reaction to that. But also, have we all just been using condoms wrong? <laughs> the FDA? Yeah,
2: tell us about it. Looks like you looked deeper. Well, I looked deeper because actually I remember hearing about this years ago when I was working at the sex toy shop that we worked at, yeah. and um, one of the other people there was saying, "Did you know that the FDA hasn't approved condoms for anything but vaginal sex?" And I was like, "What? Why?" Yeah, right. I don't think, I, yeah. right. like, I, don't think right. I even like knew that. Right. And so it's interesting because in order to approve it for anal sex, they of course had to run some trials to see, okay, well, are condoms effective, right? Which when I think about like, the AIDS crisis. That's what I was just going to say. You would have thought someone would have. It makes me upset that no totally. one did. Yeah. It makes me upset and it feels like, okay, where where was this? Why was this not happening, right? And the bottom line is we know that condoms are very effective mm-hmm. at keeping people safer from STI transmission during anal sex, but the FDA wasn't coming out and saying it and for whatever reason they weren't running this trial. Yeah. Was it because
1: like this is this maybe feels more like the cynic in me but was it i think from my end i'd be concerned it's like well we just kind of similar vein of what we were talking about we don't want to promote anal sex in any kind of way
2: i think that unfortunately comes up and especially when i think about like uh hiv aids era you know like that that time in the 80s and the 90s there was a lot of feeling of like well we don't want to promote Various different things,
0: and it was. We don't I, want to promote this lifestyle,
2: uh huh. And yeah. yeah. we want to reduce the transmission of
1: HIV and AIDS. So that just really is a very yeah. short sighted, but you it was But it
2: was a really, uh, when I think about what I know of that time, I think like wow, it really made everybody uncomfortable oh, because no. they had to talk really specifically about specific sexual behaviors, and of course, all the homophobia that was going on. And, um, and the idea of we as medical people or health people need to come out and talk about sexuality. We maybe haven't had training in how to do that. Um, so you've got people's squeamishness and you've got people's um, homophobia. And then you also have people's fear that they didn't really know as much about what was going on because we were still learning about HIV AIDS. And somewhere in all of that, nobody ran
0: a study. Ronald Reagan wouldn't even acknowledge. Yeah, like, that's true. Because as, as you're talking, I was just thinking about, we were, I, I don't know, this is before my time. I will n- name, I am, I was born in 89. So. But thinking about like what I know anyway is that the administration at the time was very much a let's get America back to you know its values and that didn't include uh, positive views on sexuality generally and we didn't acknowledge the homosexuals. So the idea, right? I don't know that you know, there was this gay cancer going around. Well, let them figure that out.
2: Yep, because that's what it was called. Yeah. For mm-hmm. people who don't know, it's yes. gay cancer, right? And it was and in the beginning, everyone said, well, it can only happen to gay men, which we know is not true. Yes. But was the fear in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you're right, Calvin. That's that is, you know, what was going on, I say, as a person who is very young when it was happening too. <laughs> All right. But between now and then, we haven't gotten this done.
1: Well, but it's like a lot of sort of archaic things that like sort of like like clearly condom like think of MTV and stuff like in you know the night well, when did MTV come on board? I should know this. Nineties nineties. 80s, 80s, I, mean, I think it's the late it was look it Shall up. Shall I look? Look okay. it up. But Wait, like I want to make
0: Eighty
1: one. something of is the eighties, I think. But like, you know, like I remember growing up with, you know, um just repetitive sort of messaging around condom use. That's when MTV still did good shit, by the way. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go off on my like, now it's just not the same. We gotta we got
0: talk about the real world. <laughs> and- right.
2: MTV was founded August 1st, 1981. Yeah, how hey. did you do that?
0: First video, hey. video killed the radio video star. star.
2: Very good, wow. very good. I don't know anything um, about MTV apparently, but um, <laughs> I just remember that Dire Straits video. What was the day? I don't
1: remember what it was called. Um, I wasn't cool enough the to Estler, have MTV quite a bit in that one. Oh, does it? Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I, I remember very distinctly, right? Like there was that. I remember Kurt Loder right, like <laughs> like lecturing everyone repetitively about like condom use, and so like clearly yeah. it was being culturally. Promoted by a certain point in time, at least by certain sort of like f- factions, or I don't know mm-hmm. what you want to say. And then it, I think that it like certain things, like I think of like archaic laws and stuff where like, you find out that like, oh, sodomy is still illegal in like certain states, or like it didn't get like turned around until like 2012 and i think it's just like one of those archaic things that maybe just like didn't get attended to because the cultural sort of knowledge of like yeah you need to use condoms just kind of overran but that's that like research that i, I like to call like you just have to do it research or someone's like oh we really drop the drop the ball research right like we really like, dropped the shoot, ball on this one fill in so we probably should actually prove this because yep. we never got around to doing it for a variety of reasons.
0: Well, bureaucracy. Like, yeah. there's just so much bureaucracy. I remember when I was b- back at the Smitten Kitten days, I remember that's when the FDA started really cracking down on l- lube companies. Uh, any l- uh, lubricants that were making quote-unquote medical claims You needed to go through an FDA process. And I just remember all these like artisanal lube companies being like, we make like four dollars a month. How can we pay for this? Mm-hmm. Right. And like, Granted, condom companies could pay for this, but I, just thinking about like just the bureaucracy and you know, is Trojan being like, you know what, let's push the FDA on this and pay for that.
2: Yeah, well, and it was—it's one condom is the company oh, that was part of this that's study. That's the
0: whole spiel. Yeah. Well, yeah, they really market to the to the queers.
2: Yeah. 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 Um, what what company was this? Was it one company? One. One condom. Am oh, I saying maybe. that in a bizarre way?
0: Well, it, it sounds like you're saying there's a single condom. <laughs> Got it, one, the
2: well, one brand. I, I was sleepy enough I that was I was like, like, was like, what am I saying right now? You like, like looking I... at me and I was like, "Nope, I'm not saying a thing that this makes is, okay, sense. Okay, the name of the condom. Now so I know one what you're condom. Condom. This yes. is, <laughs> is a
0: company that did a whole, yes. tom-, a whole tom of Finland line. Oh, like they, sweet, so they, yes. They love the gay men
2: and good for them and and they i'm glad that they pushed this or i'm glad that they were offered the opportunity and jumped on it that's really great and what they found was that um condoms that people were using for anal sex were actually less likely to break or have tears or have some kind of malfunction like your earring malfunction that just (laughs) happened right now
1: (laughs) What happens <laughs> when you wear a large tacky jewelry? It falls out.
2: Please continue.
0: I just thought it was the, the earring was shot. <laughs>
2: wow. like, what? 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 More effective <laughs> for <laughs> anal sex? <laughs> yeah, and what they credited that to was they were really pushing lube because it's anal sex, right? And so another lesson we can pull from this is please use lube for like all kinds of sex that you're having with all kinds of body parts. Please,
0: please use lube and know what's in your lube
1: yeah
2: so it doesn't deteriorate your condoms
0: yes or give you bacterial vegetables. well that too or, yeah but yes absolutely right <laughs> like don't yeah don't use crisco if you're using condoms mm, don't use oil. Oil.
2: Don't yeah, skip that oil base yeah so you need a water-based or yeah. a silicone base yeah. you could do a water silicone hybrid don't use oils
0: Unless you're using a polyurethane condom. Well, Whoa. actually. Well, actually. Or nitrile. But yeah. that's a little bit more in, in the mud. No, your condom
2: chemistry. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Yes. And if you don't know, go ask somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That It can get confusing. So go to, we hope that you have a store local to you that is as wonderful as our local store. Um, And I know that across the U.S. there's quite a few and there's some in Canada. And I bet there's a ton in other countries that I don't know about. So... Go in and
0: ask or send an email. And if you go in and ask and they're weird about it, don't shop there. Yep. Right? Like, if you're like, does this work with this? And they're like, don't talk to me.
2: Yeah, if if your
1: sex shop doesn't know the first thing about the toys you are selling, you may not be getting the highest quality product. Some of them in there might be fine, but, you know. Yep. Speaking of which, didn't
2: doesn't this relate to a different topic you brought up? In Boom, pre- segue. <laughs> so I just have to say these. I brought topics that were like exciting to me because they were all things that from long from long ago I have been like waiting for and hoping that things would happen, and they're starting to happen now. Yeah. So this is giving me hope in a time when I am also spinning on the sad news of the world. <laughs> um, but the International Standards Organization has put out their first standards for sex toys
0: which is a really big deal
2: yeah you want to talk about why
0: yes absolutely so this is kind of a smitten kitten bias uh, which I think a lot of what we're talking about there is a bias towards that place but smitten kitten uh, is known uh, at least with the educator crowd for being the first totally non-toxic sex toy store in the world Um, and there is quite the story behind that that would take too long to really go into that. But needless to say, uh, sex toys in US law are sold as novelties. So the same laws- You mean when I've
1: gone to Spencer's Gifts, that was a novelty <laughs> item? Is so that what you're telling me, Calvin? Same,
0: that- same laws that dictate what can go into your fake poop. That's uh, so- Also, <laughs> yes. at Spencer's Gifts. And the
1: vibrators there, too. Yes. Got it? Yes. Okay, just wanting to be clear for your audience.
0: <laughs> so they're sold as novelties, and through the novelty law, the, there's this stance that if you get hurt using that toy- well, you weren't supposed to use supposed to use that toy at all, right? If that butt plug breaks off inside of you, well you shouldn't have been put that in your yeah, butt. Yeah, it anyway. was actually a whoopee
1: mm-hmm. cushion and you didn't yes. know it and you used it mm-hmm. incorrectly. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm thinking about every awful thing that Spencer's giving that was actually a black white poster. You weren't supposed to put that in there. <laughs> right? How dare you?
1: Yeah. But they, that's fascinating that and I don't think like that's the kind of stuff that like I feel like really people don't know about the products they're putting in their bodies.
2: Well, people are often um, buying sex toys in a situation where they're feeling really Mm -hmm. nervous about it, where they're not feeling inclined to ask a super amount of questions. Um, And if they encounter a a shop or any kind of situation where they maybe ask a question and it gets shot down or people say, I don't know. You know, um, they're probably not going to ask any follow up questions or say, like, wait a second, I'm not going to shop here. I'm going to somewhere where they have information. Right. (laughs) Like it's not usually. Unfortunately, it is often not an empowered or empowering experience for people, but it should be and it can be. Um, And so that's part of what I hope changes with this, because this actually came about because a Swedish surgeon was doing so many retrievals of things stuck up people's rectums that he was like, hey, wait a second, this is not all right. Why are there not standards for sex toys? Because I shouldn't be doing all these surgeries. Which
0: aside, what's the golden rule for anything going in a butt?
2: Flared base. (laughs) yes (laughs) flared base i was like it feels good no that's
1: that's (laughs) also a good standard
0: that's like the silver (laughs) rule
1: that's the the, it may not have a flared base so there's a bit of a vacuum effect that i don't think people
2: understand well this uh, is where we need the engineers yes
0: yes well i I always tell people right like i stole this from somebody but the vagina is a cul-de-sac But uh, (laughs) not so much in the butt, right? (laughs) The other end of your butt is your mouth.
1: I want to so, know whoever came up with the vagina is a cul de sac. And
0: Andy amazing. Coleman, I think.
2: That's, you know what? That's who I would have guessed. That's an Andy that, Coleman. That that sounds I don't know exactly Andy right. Coleman. You should. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So the vagina is a cul de sac because of the cervix, which is at the end of it, right? It's essentially like a cap. You're not going to lose anything in there that's going to float up into your liver or something like that, right? There's, oh, God. You can, <laughs> you can feel like something has disappeared in a vagina and be like, it's hard for me to get this tampon out. I put an egg vibrator up there and it's like, I'm not funny. It's still there. It's fine. You're going to get it out. Um, Just relax. Right. But yeah, your, your butt, you can lose things in your rectum. And you will.
0: And And it doesn't have a flared base.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's going to get just right. Real, (laughs) real fast. I have a
1: family member that works in emergency medicine and lots of Lots of stuff, and which is a bummer because a lot of times it is people being too embarrassed to buy yeah. a toy, and I, and I would like to see. sometimes there are like fiscal reasons that people don't purchase good yes. toys, yes. but there are like lots of solid brands that, you know, can sell pretty affordable toys.
0: Especially now.
1: Especially now. Like there's a lot of 20 things in the $20 range, and, I, and I'd say, you know, save up. Save up, because an ER bill is more expensive is much more expensive yes yeah. than yes. saving up if you can to get something that's good quality
0: so as we're talking about this i realized i didn't follow up on like the toxic toys part of the kitten story oh
2: my gosh you gotta you gotta tell that a big deal yes so uh
0: the idea right novelty whatever don't actually use it uh those a lot of toys that are made out of like cyber skin or jelly toys they made out of PVC that have been chemically destabilized through phthalates. And by doing that, though that PVC is always degrading and will continue to degrade inside of your body. Uh, and it's porous, which means it's going to hold on to bacteria, let bacteria kind of hang out, grow, do that whole thing. So you're reintroducing bacteria into your body. And also those phthalates, not great for your hormonal balance. Mm-hmm. So all of that. And then... They can be kind of burny too which was my first experience with a sex toy was going to a fantasy gifts buying two things awkwardly and i was comfortable with sex but i was like oh, i feel a little really uncomfortable here and be like here are some things i'm buying and the guy being like you want some free porn and i'm like i guess <laughs> And I remember using that toy and just like having the worst chemical burn on my body. And I know so many people have that same story.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. which can make you think I must have done this wrong or something might be wrong with my body
0: or. That free porn wasn't very good.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Must have been the free porn. So um, phthalates and I believe bisphenol A are both mentioned in this uh, in the standards as like don't want to use them. So that's really good. They is also that BPA is by right. Yeah. Is it? To... Yeah. Yeah. It's the yeah. thing that's you don't, don't you other want in your water bottles, bottles either.
1: Yeah, I just say that because people might recognize it by BPA because that's the sticker. There you go. That's on everything. There
2: you go. No BPA. Yep. There you go. It's Excellent. The
0: stuff that in California would come with a. A little note saying, in the state of California, this is known to be hazardous. Right.
2: Mm -hmm. Awesome. (laughs) Do vibrators in the state of California... No, because they're not saying that they have a minimum. Sorry, my brain just went down a track of like, do they have to stick that sticker on the sex toy? But I bet they're not listing ingredients. Yeah. And all of this stuff around like
1: deterioration of toys in the body and stuff like that. Like there was just this week, I read an article. um, uh, This is probably what distracted me from the condom article was finding my... The first finding of microplastics in our bloodstreams, wow, which is like obviously one you read and go, well, that doesn't sound great, <laughs> yeah, um, you yeah, know, because clearly, right? And again, I think that was just one study, and replication is important for research. As an aside, um, but it was a notable study because that's you know we know all sorts of things from my, like around microplastics, but like you're if you're putting things actively in your body that are deteriorating, yeah, like.
2: Well, we don't really understand the
1: full impact to a certain degree.
2: And haven't haven't we known that plastics stick around in people's bodies for a long time now, too? I think in lungs and uh-huh. stuff. I
1: think my understanding, and again, I did it. this is not my area of expertise, by any stretch mm-hmm. of the imagination. But I think it was like the first, like in the bloodstream mm-hmm. versus like the lungs or like, you know, build up in other sort of areas. But yeah. yikes yeah because it's you know obviously like we're breathing in
2: microplastics all the time right and so and and that's the other part of it right is that like unfortunately this is the world we live in right like it's not just sex toys also living in a world that where there's like of yeah, I feel like if you find microplastics it,
1: in your blood, you can't be like it was the no it was though. the butt plug. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it at the time.
2: But, that's what my mind would go. <laughs> It
0: was the butt plug. But we
2: just don't know. Is the yeah. is the piece of it right? Like we don't know. It's like common sense seems like yeah, probably we don't want to be putting this in super absorbent parts of our bodies. Um, but also a thing to know about these standards is that. Even though this is great news and we've been waiting a long time, people don't have to abide by them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Manufacturers don't have to abide by them. So probably at some point here you're gonna start seeing like companies that say we abide by these standards. And that would probably be a good idea is to like gravitate towards those companies when you can.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, it it brings us or brings me back to just the conversation around FDA approval too. Because I know that there's been a lot of discourse within sex education community around if the U.S. should have FDA approval for sex toys or not. And a lot of people being very critical of that because of all the bureaucracy and all the money and how it's, it's so not entrenched in, like, reality
2: sometimes. Like, like for I, small companies, you mean?
0: Like- for small companies or, you know, like... I don't know. Uh, KY jelly is FDA approved. KY jelly mm. is full of shit that's really, really bad, bad. for vaginas. <laughs> so like,
2: dry, dry you out faster, oh. than it'll help you out. Oh man.
0: So like stuff like that, where it's like, I am grateful for the FDA for a number of reasons, right? Yep. I also, with stuff like this, where there is so much shame around it, and the ghost of Ronald Reagan is still there saying, don't talk about that. <laughs> like, it does make me... Or no, That's what makes know. you
2: uncomfortable in Fantasy Gifts is the ghost of Ronald Reagan <laughs> <laughs> still going,
0: don't talk about Get it. Get the free porn. <laughs> <laughs> you can choose up to two days. We
1: were talking about... Didn't we talk about ghost sex like the last episode? I hope so.
0: I you always really want to talk about ghost sex. Oh my god, I have a conversation for <gasps> off mic... <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow that was the package put behind the back saying don't oh look goodness. at this now everyone's like what's calvin's know, ghost right? sex story that he's not going to oh, talk it's about it's
0: not it's not ghost sex but <laughs> it does include ronald Reagan. Uh,
2: this is really
0: intriguing <laughs> oh my goodness but no so thinking about right like i think that there's so many pros and cons and absolutely we need to do better as a culture and also that we need to continue to be critical of like specifically things that like regarding sex where there is still so much shame even on like a government level where it's like okay we can hear that and also what is the research saying yeah right because i think this is one of those areas where sometimes the research is just disregarded they're like whatever
1: well, to do any research, you also have to get funding for research, right? And here in the U.S., we've had a hard time getting funding for research that's not, like, related to sex and risk. Right? Yes. Yeah. A lot of the research we use comes out of Canada. Because they just have, yeah. like, I don't know, Thank buckets, you. trucks, trucks of money <laughs> for, for sex for research. research? That's around not like about pleasure. risk? Yeah, that's about, like, pleasure and the positive aspects and, you know, like, sort of more expansive ideas of sexuality beyond, like, teen pregnancy, sexual assault, right? Sexual offending... Yep formerly maybe more the AIDS sort of crisis in HIV. And it's been hard, my understanding, having known quite a few people that do a fair amount of sex research, getting funding for things outside of that is a, is often a challenge.
2: Of, that makes so much sense. Thank you, Canada, for being yeah. there for all of us. And
0: <laughs> I, we just need to acknowledge, I mean, it is O Canada. So... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, have, they have to live by it. you got to focus on the O a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think that it's such, and, and when I think about that, like you, to do FDA approval, like you have to get someone to approve the research to do the approval. And that's mm-hmm. like a whole, like there's a lot of barriers in that. You can't just be like, Okay, I'm going to do this massive study with enough people that this research like qualifies for what the FDA is looking for. Like some of these companies that might be making amazing products as well, just straight up can't get
2: the funding. Vixen
0: Creations can't afford to get FDA approval,
2: and they're really pretty big when you think yeah, about. Yeah. Do you want to it's say a little more companies. about what Vixen?
0: So, Vixen is a silicone dildo manufacturer. Well, they make butt plugs and stuff too, but they're a sex toy manufacturer that specializes in uh, high grade silicone toys. Um, and they make some really great stuff, but they're a larger company within the realm of like sex toys, but they're small enough where I think, you know, to go through that process would bankrupt them.
2: And if I hear that Vixen can't afford it, I think to myself, well, that wipes out so many of this extra companies that I think are doing really wonderful work because they're kind of the the bigger of the companies that I'm thinking of, Absolutely. you know? So, I mean, bottom line, right? Like if somebody out there is listening to this and they're like, okay, this was a lot of like companies so- and details. <laughs> and you said things about, you know, what kind of lubes I'm supposed to be using and what, ki- and I don't, I don't even know, like, Find a good store that's staffed by sex educators where they are doing the research because you can't know all of that. I mean, even in the years since I've worked in the store, my knowledge is rusty. I don't know all the new companies that have come out. You know, Um, so go talk with educators if you need this information well
1: and also like a way to find them is by going to the asect website where you can see like so those are people that have been certified as sex educators like they certify sex educators counselors and therapists and it's asect a-a-s-e-c-t
2: yeah not a A S. I sorry. Did I say it wrong? No, you. I think you said it Not right. Not A S S. Yeah, that's yeah, okay. that's, that's, that's the mistake that gets S-E-C-T. made sometimes. No, but right. you did it
1: right. I did it right. Great. Okay. I was like, then I got paranoid. Um, but like they have directories, right? And so mm-hmm. you can easily look up like certified sex educators in your area, mm-hmm. and you can maybe see where some of them are working or their websites mm-hmm. because a lot of times that is a good way if you live in an area because a lot of people. I mean, now especially with COVID, so many people have like created such a huge digital presence and capacity to provide like digital education or di- mm-hmm. digital sort of um, media in a way that you can access quite easily. So that's also just like mm-hmm. sort of a directory in case mm-hmm. somebody's in an area where they might not know.
0: And thinking about even like reaching out to an educator and asking them to ca- to connect you mm-hmm. with other educators, right? It's kind of going back to like, I'm not asex certified, but I do sex therapy, right? Like I think that we see that too with the education piece too. So you can always reach out to an ASEC certified educator Mm -hmm. and ask them for additional referrals or, you know, like ask them to kind of midwife you through that whole process because they'll know some folks too.
2: When I was working uh, in the store and I was a sex educator, I very much wanted to be ASEC certified and I could not figure out a way to do it. That made sense with the realities of, um, you know the amount of time and money that was going to go into that certification versus what and i would and you know i mean the, the store i worked at paid very well and very you know like probably above above the rate that you would think right but like it it can be sometimes hard for educators to get certified too so i like that idea of like working all the contacts mm-hmm. like asec is a great resource for sex educators And also there are educators out there that Mm -hmm. are doing really good work, too, but they don't have the the funding of an organization.
1: Yeah, I think the nice thing that an organization provides is at least that starting point, like that, like
2: basically a directory that you can
1: begin from uh, and then sort of expand beyond in terms of because there's like a whole bunch of sex nerds out there that are just so excited to answer Everybody's questions. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. And they just want to be
1: like, yes, "Yes, and then this person could do that, or I'm too. Like, I don't, I don't do that, but I know such and such. And so a lot of times, it just takes emailing one person to get like way more than you need.
0: That's a great point. Like, and I think that kind of speaks to how everyone's kind of connected too. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of us know each other, right? Yes.
2: Yeah.
0: So you can. There's a spider web of educators and therapists out there that. Want to talk to you about this stuff,
2: and often want to refer you to their friends because they're yes. like, you know what? I actually know the person that loves to talk about that. So let me give you their info. Yeah, like yeah. you know, I
1: think of somebody and like, oh, they're the lube person. Talk to them yep. about lube, right? Yeah. Talk to them about toys or this or that. And so, like, I think yeah, like certain people have like niche, yeah. niche sort of loves that I definitely think of them about. Like, if I'm going to send somebody to learn more,
2: or, like get access to something. I really like the phrase niche love. Niche. I don't know why. Yeah,
0: but niche, niche love. love. Yeah. <laughs> Which, to be fair, I think we all kind of work with.
1: It is true. It is
2: true. Well, Calvin, thank you so
1: much for joining us today. Totally. Yeah. Anything you want to promo while you're here, just like you as a human?
0: Yeah. My name's (laughs) Calvin. Uh, And come take my class at St. Mary's uh, if you want to become a licensed marriage and family therapist eventually. Otherwise, I'm doing therapy out here. My practice is Calvin Howard therapy. Very... uh, Inspired name there, but um,
1: do you want to spell your last name for folks? Oh, that's
0: a great point. H a u e r. Much like Rutger Hauer, uh, family used to call him Uncle Rut. Not actually related. Um, <laughs> who is
2: Rutger, Rutger? Have no Hauer? No idea. Who you're Rutgers, so we don't know. Your family's been telling you he's so famous all these years, and we have <laughs> he's,
0: no idea. He's like the bad vampire in the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer wow. movie. Wow he was that is pretty famous he's the main bad guy in blade runner come on
1: these are these are some trivia points i'm bad at movies
0: but i not
1: but i have no idea
0: (laughs) (laughs) so h-a-u-e-r um yeah book a consult let's talk and uh yeah talk to me if you want to talk about sex stuff and not do therapy too if you're just like hey talk to me about sex stuff okay in a non-creepy way.
1: In a totally <laughs> professional, boundaried way. Yeah, yeah. If you want
0: to talk about sex education, let's do that.
1: <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us, Laura. You're a pleasure, as always, as well. Thanks. Yeah. This has been super fun. Right? Well, um, we will see you next time on Sexier for Shoot the Shit. We will probably, I have another guest line. I have a guest lined up this time. And so I'm excited. Hopefully it all works out, uh, but we will see you here. And also don't forget to tune in to the University of Pleasure. Thank you and have a great day. Goodbye.